Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Carol Perlman, a psychologist, health coach, and married mom of two boys. I went from a frazzled mompreneur who hits snooze until the last possible moment to a vibrant business owner who jumps out of bed at 5 a.m. excited about my day. I once felt completely overwhelmed by my endless task list, but have learned how to work smarter, not harder, by studying health habits, mindset, and time management. I love to teach others how to implement top recommendations for health, happiness, and success. Yes, busy moms can learn how to stop picking at your kids' leftover food, create a daily exercise routine, and stay on top of the to-do list so you go to bed feeling fantastic about your day. Tune in each week as I share my best strategies for creating and sustaining daily habits for a healthy lifestyle and chat with other experts in the health and wellness industry. I'm your host, Dr. Carol Perlman. This is the Healthy Habits for Life show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits for Life podcast. I'm Carol Perlman, and I thank you so much for being with me today. So if you have been listening to the podcast or if you follow me on social media, you probably know that I am a big fan of personal development books, and there are a handful of books that I reference a lot because they truly have had a powerful impact on me. And when I read a book that has so much meaning for me and makes such a difference for me, I always like to share it and um, try to convey the nuggets that have really stuck out for me to all of you. So today I have another book in mind that I wanted to tell you about. If you haven't heard about it already, you are going to be blown away by this one. And the title of the book is called Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. And the author is Kendra Hall. Some of you may know Kendra Hall because she wrote a book a few years ago now called Stories That Stick. And she is actually in the field of marketing and her business is all on stories and storytelling for marketing purposes. And so she wrote this book. It kind of is written for people who are in the business world, but actually I think it really appeals to everyone because everything's a story. We're all affected by stories. We're, and as Kendra tells us in the book, we're all telling ourselves stories in our head and we're all sharing stories with the people in our life. And sometimes it's on a conscious level and sometimes it's on the subconscious level. And um, so I think everyone will love this book. She happens to be a really fantastic storyteller. So I recommend the audio version of this book. Um, I happen to listen on Audible, but wherever you, you get audiobooks, I definitely recommend the audio version because I love her voice and she's such a great storyteller. But however you need to read it, um, these are two books that I just loved. In fact, I listened to the first one maybe three times and the second one twice already. And I, I just keep going back to them because they... I don't know, the word inspire sounds kind of underwhelming, but they really just get me thinking. And because I do so much writing for the work that I do, I, I have messaging that I try to convey through writing. It's really so relevant to me. And also, um, as many of you know, I'm also a psychologist. And her second book I'm finding is so relevant for the work that I do as a psychologist that I just had to shout it from the rooftops. And so today I'm talking to you about the second book, but I want to just give a shout out to the first one, Stories That Stick, because that provides the framework for some of the work that she does. Um, but even if you don't read that, you can jump right into the second one and she gives enough background that it will still make sense. And 
So again, the title of the book is Choose Your Story, Change Your Life. And it's all about learning about the stories that you're telling yourself, both the good ones and the not so good ones that believe it or not, are having a powerful impact on how you feel about yourself, the people in your life, and your life in general. And that we have the opportunity to become more aware, again, because sometimes this happens on a subconscious level, we have the opportunity to shed some light or shine some light on the stories that we're telling ourselves so that we are more aware of them and we can be more intentional. And you hear me talk about that a lot that the more intentional we are about so many things in our life, our thoughts and our actions, then the more we get out of our life that we want to, and the more we make our life aligned with the kind of life that we want to live. And so that's the whole idea is to be more intentional with the thoughts and the stories that you're telling yourself because they really do have the power to change your life. So Backing up a minute, I want to tell you a little bit more about the work that I do as a psychologist because there are lots of different psychologists out there. There are lots of different therapists out there, and there are different approaches to our field and the work that I do. And so, depending on who you know or depending on who you talk to or work with, they may subscribe to a different philosophy and therefore use different principles or different strategies to help people feel better and get where they want to be in their life. I happen to really embrace an approach that's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And so what that stands for, cognitive refers to the cognitions or the thoughts that we have in our mind and how our thoughts directly impact our feelings and how our thoughts and feelings impact our behaviors, which then impact the outcome in our life. So cognitive behavioral therapy is called CBT for short, and it's a very well-researched and well-supported approach to treatment. And so this is the type of training that that I have had, and this is what I teach when I supervise, and this is the approach that I use when I work with people professionally. And so what's really interesting is that as a cognitive behavioral therapist, what I am trying to look for, as I hear other people talk to me, I'm trying to look for the thought patterns. What are some of the thoughts that they are saying to themselves that are having an impact on things like depression, anxiety? Um, and, and all kinds of difficulties. And then I'm asking myself the question, are these thoughts helpful? Do they make sense? Are they balanced? Do they take into consideration all the information that we have about the situation? And I'm trying to teach people to do the same. So, you know, a lot of times these thoughts that we have, we call them automatic thoughts because a lot of times they zip on by and they go by so quickly that we're not even aware of them. We don't realize that we have this thought. But have you ever had that experience where you're just minding your own business and then all of a sudden you get a pit in your stomach or all of a sudden you get this wave of anxiety and you're saying, what the heck happened? I was just minding my own business and all of a sudden I feel very different. And what happened, chances are what happened is that you had a thought and that thought zipped on by. You didn't realize it, but it was so powerful that it changed how you felt. And in fact, it could even change your physiology in your body. And so What I teach people to do is to work your way backwards and say, okay, what were you thinking about? You know, can you identify what that negative thought was that zipped by that had such a strong impact on how you feel? So you might think, okay, first I was thinking about this and then I was thinking about this and then that led me to think about this. And then, oh my God, I had that what if thought and that really tiny, quick, what if thought gave me anxiety, gave me a sense of dread and changed how I felt. 
And so that's the thought we need to look at. That's the thought we need to examine and say, hey, you know, what's going on with that? Is that thought helpful? Um, And if not, perhaps there's another thought that we can create and intentionally implant in your mind so that you turn the volume down on that negative thought and turn the volume up on the more helpful thought. And that is the work that we do in cognitive behavioral therapy. We really dive deep into thoughts and building your awareness about the thoughts that you have and then helping you realize that you can be more intentional. You can monitor for the thoughts that you're having. And when you catch the unhelpful ones, you can notice them, you can label them, and then you can put them on the shelf and say, I'm choosing not to attend to them. And instead, I'm going to conjure up another more helpful thought. I'm going to turn the volume up on another thought. I'm going to rehearse that thought so that I can create more of a positive feeling that will enable me to take a positive action that will have a positive impact on my life. And this work is, um, you know, some of you may know the founder of Cognitive Therapy, Dr. Aaron Beck. He was a psychiatrist that really was the first one who started thinking about this. And it's because he was working with a group of patients with depression and he started to notice that all of these patients were were conveying that they had similar types of thoughts about themselves, other people, their world, life in general. And he got to wondering that maybe it's not so much childhood experiences, which was the predominant thinking at the time. Maybe it's not childhood experiences that are dictating our current struggles. Maybe it's the thoughts that people are having that are dictating struggles. And if we help them work on their thoughts, then we might help them feel better. And so he set out to do research on this and come to find out this theory really panned out and became what's known as cognitive therapy. And then cognitive therapy evolved over time to become cognitive behavioral therapy. And now there are many, many people learning this and subscribing to this thought. So back to Kendra Kendra Hall. So what was so interesting to me as I listened to this book was the way in which it really intersects with cognitive therapy but it actually takes things deeper. And I think it actually augments cognitive therapy and the work that I and so many of my colleagues are doing. And her premise of the book is really the same thing, that we're in a certain situation or a certain event happens. And we think the connection is that an event happens, we have some kind of negative response that then has a result or an impact on our life. But in fact, what she's saying is happening is that this event or the situation happens and it triggers a story that was lying just below the surface. She calls it icebergs, which I think is so genius. And really, so maybe at the, above the, the water level is perhaps the thought that we have, but deep below that thought is the iceberg, which is the whole story that's generating that thought, which is then generating the the response or the negative feeling, which is then contributing to the result or an outcome. And if we just look at the thought, it's going to be powerful. And I know from my work in CBT that, that working on just that thought is powerful. But wow, if we go below the surface and really look at the story behind that, I think we can create even more change and deeper change and that's the work that, that we are able to do that I want to talk about today. So Kendra talks about different elements when you think about a story. I mean, so what contributes to a story? You might think about stories that you read, or maybe you, when you hear storytelling, you kind of picture people sitting around a campfire telling stories, or maybe you're with a group of your friends and everybody's telling different stories and kind of uh, piggybacking on one another with related stories. 
And so stories can can stick or stories can have an impact because they have an identifiable character. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else. They reveal an authentic emotion and, you know, emotions are so powerful. And when we, when something around us evokes an emotion in us, then we remember that if it's a movie, if it's a song, if it's a smell, if it's maybe even a food, um, a, a, a bird, a flower. I mean, it can be so many different things that trigger an authentic emotion. And when that happens, it makes the experience so much more powerful. A story could involve a significant moment in time or in your life. It likely has specific details. Um, and all of these combined make these stories powerful and memorable. So going back to this really fabulous iceberg metaphor, what we want to look at is, okay, if there are situations that are creating triggers for us and they're creating problems in our life, we want to identify what is the story that's lying beneath that iceberg that is so powerful, that's evoking such a, a predominant emotion. And we want to understand what's, what is going on down there. So Kendra lists out some questions that we can ask ourselves to try to understand what's going on with the story. So you may start to think about where did this story come from? What, what was the origin? Um, one of the questions that I often ask people is whether there's a person connected to this story. Like, do you hear someone's voice telling you this story? Um, another question is to ask yourself, is this story actually true? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Why is this story there? And what's really interesting is that even if a story is kind of painful because it's it's sending a painful message or it's evoking a painful feeling. Sometimes these serve a purpose and they serve to keep us stuck, or maybe they're just familiar. And as backwards as that can sound, we sometimes choose that because familiar can be comfortable. Familiar can keep us from avoiding what we believe to be perhaps an even greater pain. So some questions you can ask yourself is why is this story there? Um, how does it keep me? where I am and sort of quote unquote comfortable and familiar? Is it protecting me in some way? Perhaps it's, it's, uh, re it's referring to something that I'm afraid of and what might that be? Another question to ask is what's the price that I pay for maintaining this story? So what would my life be like if the story were gone? Is there something that I'm missing out on because of this story? How do I behave when the story is in play? I mean, wow, these are some really powerful questions. Um, does this story serve me? At the end of the day, this is really the question to ask. Does this story serve me? And the story might be true. It might be 100% true. But does it serve me to keep rehearsing it over and over again and to allow it to be triggered in these certain situations? And then the last question is, where am I in this story? Do I think this story is permanent? And is there something that could happen that might send the story in a new direction? And I want to tell you about one of the concepts that Kendra talks about in this book. And I, I think it's one of, one of the principles that really stands out above almost everything else. And the idea is, you know, we know this, that behind every story is a beginning and a middle and an end, right? There's a once upon a time, there's the beginning, there's the middle, how are things unfolding? And then there's the end, how do things wrap up? 
And if you think about different things that have happened in your life, maybe even painful experiences or goals that you were striving for, but never met, you might say, well, this is the story I'm telling myself, you know, I wanted such and such to happen. And I tried for a certain period of time and it didn't happen. And so now the story I tell myself is that I'm not capable of making this happen. So the beginning of that story is that you had this dream or you had this goal, you wanted it to happen. The middle is you did a certain amount of work over a certain amount of time. And the end of the story is that you, you gave an endpoint, or maybe there was some sort of defined period of time and endpoint, and you decided I didn't reach the goal at that time. And so the story ends with me not reaching my goal. Well, who's to say that that story has to end at that time point? And believe it or not, we get to decide in many situations, we have the power to decide that, you know, I think that end is really going to be the middle. My story is not ending there. My story is going to go on for a longer period of time. That's going to enable me to continue to do the work and get to my goal. So what I quote unquote thought was the end point was actually just the middle. It was more of the journey of me figuring out what I need to do. And the end is just further down the road. Holy moly. I mean, that's just mic drop to me right there. That what you think is the end of the story could actually just be the middle. And maybe it's taking you longer to get there. So you got a little confused and you thought you saw the end point, but it was just the middle. And if you keep going and if you keep working, that endpoint is further down the road. And that endpoint is where you reach the goal that you really wanted. I mean, I could just stop right there and say that is the one thing that you need to take away from this book, but there's actually more. <laughs> so the message that Kendra is telling us is that number one, we really want to be aware of what those stories are, what those icebergs are that lie beneath the surface. And yet they have a powerful impact on how we feel in certain moments when they get triggered. And we can pay more attention to them so we can identify and say, aha, I know that story. That's the story that comes out when I don't reach my goal in the time frame that I wanted to, or when I'm struggling, or when someone says X, Y, Z to me, aha, I know that story. But we have the power to decide whether we are going to continue to rehearse that story, or perhaps we're going to create a new story and insert a new story where that old one used to live so that when there is a trigger, we produce the new story. So we have the, the power to choose an even better story than the one we were using in the past. So there are a couple of different ways that Kendra maps out for us that we can do this. Um, that are that there isn't going to they won't all be useful or appropriate in every situation but there's a whole menu and so we can choose different strategies in different moments and they can all be helpful so one option is that we can replace the bad story with a good story so if the quote unquote bad story is a goal like you may have heard on one of the earlier podcasts i did um, i did an episode on failure and how sometimes your greatest quote unquote failures can become your greatest successes. And I was talking about applying to grad school and the journey to become a psychologist and how I didn't get into grad school the first time I applied. Um, and if I stopped right there, then my story would have been, I worked really, really hard all throughout college. I, I you know, did all this work to apply and I didn't get in and I didn't get to fulfill my dream of becoming a psychologist. That would be the bad story. 
So you could replace the bad story with a good story that says, but you know, the next time around, I learned a little bit more. I did more research. I found out how to improve my application. I found out how to get other experiences that would make me look like a better can, a better candidate. And I found some other strategies on how you network and I got accepted into graduate school and I went on to become the psychologist that I wanted to be. Well, that's the good story. So you can remove the bad story and replace it with the good story. Or maybe you reinterpret the story and you start to look at another side of the story that maybe you weren't really paying attention to. Maybe it was there all along, but you weren't paying attention to it. Or maybe you need to reroute the story. So maybe you need to use one story to inspire another. So if you have, for example, this is one of the great examples she uses in the book. Perhaps you have some areas of your life where you have a lot of success. You're very confident. Um, you kind of know what to do. You know what, what the path is. But then you have other areas where you just feel stuck and you feel like you just can't achieve the success that you want. Well, you can borrow the stories that apply to you in one part of your life to another part of your life. And if they are true in one part, then they can also be true in another part. So stop replaying the stories that aren't helping the stories of struggle in this other area of your life and start playing the stories about the success that you've had in other parts of your life. You can also borrow. So not only can you borrow the stories from your own life, but you could borrow the stories from someone else. If you can't find one that really relates to your life, then you can borrow one from someone else and decide that this could also be true for me and replay that story over and over again until it becomes true for you. Or you can just rewrite a story. You can decide, you know what, this is not how I want it to go for me. I'm going to rewrite the story and then I'm going to go make that happen. And you can find a story that doesn't yet exist. Wow. I mean, these are five really powerful strategies. Replace, reinterpret, reroute, research, and rewrite the five R's of how you can choose a better story that's going to lead you to feel better, take better action, take more action, take action for a longer period of time, and get to the outcome that you desire. Okay, and so here is the final step in the process. So now you have learned to identify when there is an iceberg below the surface, an iceberg of a story that's creating problems. You can identify that, you can label it, you've decided it's unhelpful, you have created or you have, you have found ways to replace that unhelpful story with a better one. You've identified what that better story is, but now we need to program that new story or as she calls it, we need to install it. And there are some concrete ways that you can go about doing that. So number one, you can literally write out the stories that you think are going to serve you better. And, you know, I know this to be true in the, in the work that I've done, that there's something really powerful about writing as opposed to just thinking things through. There is, um, and there's research on this too, there's a powerful connection between our brain and our fingertips and our arms. And as we think about thoughts and then release them in writing, it really does help to imprint these thoughts in a more powerful way than just thinking them. So I'm a firm believer in actually writing out the stories that you think will serve you better. You can also speak them out loud, whether it's to yourself or whether it's you just start talking about them in conversation when you are with different people, start speaking these stories out loud and you almost speak them into existence. 
not only for yourself, you, you know, the more you say it, the more you start to believe it. And then the more you start to act as if it were true. And then you, the more you make it true. Um, you can start your day. And, you know, I talk a lot about the miracle morning and the routines that you can create in the beginning of the day that are going to set the stage for a better day. So you can start your day by rehearsing the stories that are going to serve you. And you can do that by rereading them. So again, I, I definitely am a firm believer in rewriting them, but you can also, if you don't have time to rewrite it every day, you can reread the story. You can record it. And there are all sorts of apps and features on our phones that can do this. You can record it in your own voice and listen to yourself telling the story daily. And lastly, you can create a visual representation of it. You can write it out. You can type it out. You can make a beautiful graphic with it and then place it in noticeable spots where you will see this daily. Put it on your bathroom mirror, make it the screensaver in your phone, put it on the visor in your car, put it on your computer, put it in your kitchen, put it on the inside of your cabinets, put it all over the place. So this is what you see all throughout the day and you re rehearse it and you review that more helpful story over and over and over again. And I can tell you, I've been doing this work for over 20 years now. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that it is possible to retrain your thoughts, to retrain your beliefs, and in this case, to re rewire the stories that you're telling yourself that are having such an impact on you. I know it to be true. Sometimes it's really hard to do this on your own, I mean, but I think the exercises that Kendra gives us in the book really do provide a template so that we can do our work on our own. But of course, it's always helpful to have an outside person. And so this is where a coach can come in or a therapist can come in. And sometimes it really does help to have a professional on the outside, helping you see some of the blind spots that you might not recognize on your own uh, for a period of time. Not that we need this forever, but sometimes for a period of time, these professionals can be really helpful. So on that note, I'm going to wrap up here. I tried to give a quick synopsis of the key elements of this book and the power of storytelling and the way that it really can have a profound impact on your life. And I hope that you will check it out. By the way, I get no benefits from this podcast or from promoting this book, but it's just one that I genuinely loved and I see how it can be really helpful for me. And I see professionally how it can be helpful in the work that I do. And I really believe that for all of you listening, you are listening for a reason. You are a goal-oriented person. You want to make things better in your life. And you believe that there are strategies that will help you. And I think you will love this book. So check it out. I would love to know what you think of some of the principles that I highlighted today. And if you get the book and if you really work on the exercises, I would love to know how those go for you. So reach out to me, send me an email, find me on social media and let me know how it goes. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Healthy Habits for Life. If you love today's episode, please follow me on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. These are so important and will enable others like you to find this podcast. Also, please share this podcast with your friends you know would also love it so we can get the word out. Thanks again for joining me. Until next week.